So we are here on the first step of the Bushnell Grand Slams uh, pursuit. To my right is the infamous Michael Waddell. To my left is Brad Shore with Realtree. Um, we are here at camp in Immokalee, Florida, and we went and, and shot some uh, Osceolas today. Extremely, extremely fun and just there are birds everywhere. I don't think I've ever seen this many birds in one concentrated area. It's, it's just been so much fun. Brad guided me. Michael went and took a couple other guys on a different area, not too far from us, because we heard their gunshots when they, when they fired this morning. So that was, that was a lot of fun. So Brad was my partner in crime. Um, probably wasn't for you, Brad. I wouldn't have shot my turkey because I probably wouldn't have saw him right away and been ready. So, and then you had me pivot. So walk us through that, the situation. And, and cause you saw a little bit more action than I did from where you were sitting. So walk through some of that. Yeah. From my angle, I was actually looking back towards over your left shoulder. So I was getting a bigger field of view. You were sitting there looking at basically the decoys and, and, uh, and the birds around here, as, as you mentioned, can come from really anywhere. Um, this place can spoil you and it's unlike any other place that I've ever hunted. But in this particular predicament, we had hunted there yesterday morning and uh, actually saw a lot of birds and where they were coming from, where they were roosting. And this one was very vocal, but there was probably 12 different birds within 200 yards of it this morning. And I wasn't real sure which way they were gonna be coming from, but this one just kept coming, kept coming. He got a little quiet, he got hung up down there and then all of a sudden he came in and I sat there and watched him and I was a little bit too far away from you to say, you know, Jared, over your left shoulder, so I just didn't say anything at all. And uh, I, I think uh, James actually heard me and maybe notified you then, and yeah. that way you could at least pick it up. But the yeah. bird wanted to come in, and uh, you know, it, it it cupped up, stood there, strutted for a little while. We we probably had a little bit more decoys out than we than we needed at the time, yeah. and I think that maybe. Uh, threw him off a little bit, but when he came in, we were lucky to have that big brush pile that they yep. pushed up because he came in, he didn't spook, he just kind of came out of strut and walked around that brush pile, and that's when I said turn, you know, yep. and shoot him on the other side. And once he walked out the other side, I think he was, you know, 47 yards with, right. the, with yep. the rangefinder, and uh, and the TSS just, I mean, made it look like he was 10 yards. So it was a any good any turkey hunt that you come away with a harvest and, and able to get that kill is a good one oh yeah and yep. i was you know because you just never know we've been on on places like this that have just got a ton of turkeys and sometimes it's not always a given it's, it's pretty tough sometimes just you know and they've been hunted every day and and whatnot but uh this this place is phenomenal i'm very happy you got yours and oh, <laughs> made a heck of a shot oh uh, thank you and uh so with the retay and the federal uh tss but uh, really good morning so the the interesting point about the federal TSS and I just I looked at the shells a little bit ago it's a seven and nine shot so I had a combination of that seven and nine shot and when I was talking to the federal guys the other day that nine shot because of the tungsten weight of it it acts like a five shot and the seven shot acts like a three shot so I think that helped me that seven shot really reached out there and when it impacted him it just dropped him so yeah. I that was that was a phenomenal experience just to see and and I, when you when you said shoot i didn't think he was 47 yards i thought he was more like 30 yards my just my perspective was yeah. just off at that point so yeah well i mean at that point in time i, I knew what you were shooting but i also knew you had a 20 gauge yeah and that's just a testament to that particular it shot is. yep um but i mean it, you dropped him like a big bag of ice i mean he just fell straight down dead as a hammer um, but I didn't know where he was going. There was a hen behind us, yep. and I didn't think that he was going to come back into that set. So I figured, you know, might as well go ahead and give it a try, and it, it worked out in our favor.
and when I when I shifted around, that's when I saw the hen, and I'm like, oh yeah, right. I, it, this is my chance, because otherwise he's going to go off with that hen, and, and exactly. it's it's over. So, and and you mentioned a little bit ago about the decoy set, and and I agree with you. I think we had too many decoys. So we had three hens, uh, a Jake and a, a strutting Tom, and then another hen. The 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 Jake fell over, so that was a, a situation. The gobbler, I, it was full strut, just. I mean, and it's a good size gobbler. So talk to us a little bit about your experience with decoys and, you know, is less more is, is it, you know, walk through some of that with us and, and help the, the viewer kind of understand what they should do. I, I think, I think less is more in turkey. I mean, the biggest thing with turkeys, a lot of people think they're decoy shy. They're not smart enough to know that it's a decoy. You know, it's some real lifelike decoys that, that, that appear unbelievable to us, and they look just like a hen or a gobbler. But a turkey ain't smart enough to say, well, there's a terrible looking decoy. So anything that resembles a turkey, especially the coloration, unlike a gobbler head, they, they know it. But the, what makes them decoy shy is not the appearance of a decoy, it's the social structure they're walking into. So, so yeah, you can't have too much because it becomes overwhelming to us. No different than us. You know, if there's one person, you gotta keep in mind, it's their yard. If you got one person in your yard, uh, especially if it's a, let's just say it's a, for lack of better words, a playing situation, there's a, there's a cocky young man out there all flexed up, you know, and he's talking trash to your wife or your girlfriend, and he's in your backyard without hesitation, that one particular situation, we, we think things out. We're like, I'm going out there and settle business with caution in the wind. You walk right out the door and walk right to him. Right. If it becomes two or three, that's then then you still are mad and you still want to settle it, but you think about it and you stand back and you might shout and flex up and but you you still being a little older thinking, well I still these three of could whoop me up pretty good. And so depending on this turkey's attitude, if he's very dominant, he might walk in there with a field full of turkeys. But socially turkeys people underestimate the language and knowing each other. And, and, and the dominance and, and from the hen pecking order to the gobbler pecking order. So yeah, I only take one decoy and typically, sometimes two, it's always a turkey. I never even take a hen decoy. Mm. I, I don't because hens are very apt to be socially inawkward to any other hen. Mm. Uh, they're more apt to come to another gobbler a lot of times, especially if they're ready to breed. And so just my opinion, the gobbler is the only decoy that really, really makes a big difference. That's just my opinion. Somebody's watching like, oh, that's BS. <coughs> but you know, that's just my personal opinion. And I keep it to one, and a lot of times, actually, uh, Culpepper has good luck, uh, you know, especially when you're hunting with kids or even trying to get good footage. I'll do a lot of times, I'll, I'll, I'll you know, I call it puppet, you know, I'll, I'll show them a decoy, which is unlike anything an old-timer taught you, put your spread out like a duck decoy. But I, a lot of times, put no decoys out. Sometimes, 99% of the time, no decoys with my decoy by my side. So I yelp a turkey, I try, to, I try to break them on and try to get them to come in, and when they get to coming in, if they start hanging up, as they go behind a tree or something, I'll get it and I'll show them a decoy. Okay. And so it's a whole different technique, and so yeah, I, I don't like a field full of decoys. My, my, my yeah. instinctive, because they know that that ain't turkeys they know, and it, it can become overwhelming, and they're like, wow, I'm walking into, I'm walking into a party, but, you, but it is their backyard. So. Yeah, and, and that explains that hen that walked through. She was probably a younger hen and subservient to 
the rest of the the the, the flock she's with and so she just walked through the decoys and and went on she didn't pay she, any attention did, she didn't pay any attention she didn't talk or anything and so i was a little surprised by her lack of talking as she came through but I was thinking back, I'm like, well, she's not a dominant. She's she's just another one of the flock, and she's just going to walk through. So that that explains a lot. So um, they got different personalities for sure. Yeah. All of, just like us, you know, some talk a lot. Some are very shy. Some are cunning. Some of us are are, are very uh, evaluate the situation and and very cautious as we approach a situation. You know, some people reckless abandon, run right in, and overzealous. And so turkeys and wildlife are the same way. You know, the fundamental principles are the same, and they, they live in a vicious world, way more vicious than people think. Everybody thinks that it's because of turkey hunting pressure that gets turkeys nervous. They think it's because of predation. They're aware of that, and I think they're less, less worried about the pressure as they, the social structure uh, because they know who's boss, and they have been beat up. They've had spurs thrown at them. They've won fights or either even lost fights. Yep. So they either come back for more or they've had enough. So a lot of times a turkey that is very shy around the call or comes in and looks and you're thinking that, man, he's seeing me or, or this turkey didn't like the decoy. It's not that he didn't like the decoy. He is just socially inept of taking on that situation based on his confidence level. So a very old dominant turkey who does a lot of breeding, who has done a lot of butt whooping is the easiest turkey to kill. Mm. That turkey, he sees another Jake and he hears a hen, especially if he's by himself, done. Right. It's done. Yeah. You can about do jumping jacks and he, because he's, he's over. He's yeah. over the situation. He's coming to make some adjustments. A turkey that just got whooped the night before but wakes up still a little frisky and knows it's breeding season and like, man, I sure would love to, but Lord, I don't want to get whooped again. He's going to gobble. He's going to come in looking and he's going to like, God, I, I just want to come in there. But we think that he's thinking, God, he's, he don't like my calling or or he's nervous of the decoy. He's nervous right. of other turkey, period. So right. you got that going against you. People don't realize that. So when you put decoys, what he's nervous of seeing, he sees. But when he don't see it, he's nervous too because he's like, wait a minute, there's supposed to be turkeys here. There's supposed to be a party. So he's nervous of the party. He's nervous of not the party. And so you got to got that, that turkey that's like, no, I'm good. And that's why sometimes multiple gobblers are coming quicker to decoys because they, they have confidence in their numbers. So Brad, when you've experienced those situations, what calls do you use to, to try to bring in a, a turkey that's a little bit more cautious and, and reluctant? Well, when you first start off in the morning and you hear him on the limb yep. uh, and he responds back to you, you heard him this morning, yep. well you heard about 12 of them this yeah. morning do that. The, the, he knew exactly where we were right then. Right. Once he responded, he knew exactly. So I knew that he was going to work his way that way. I just didn't know if there was another one that was going to come around the other side right. and, uh, and intervene based off or get there first uh, from that perspective. But, you know, kind of like calls, less is more a lot of times. You know, yeah. because you don't you don't hear a hen this morning. You didn't hear a lot of cackling hens. Not very many. You, you no. didn't. You did when they were in the, on the limb, and yep. then when they got down, you didn't hear much yeah, they at were all. Quiet. So, so <laughs> I try to just go off that pattern and and uh, you know make sure that I don't call too much. Mm -hmm. But as long as I can get that response back from him, that validates that I can sit there a little bit longer right. and just wait him out because he's either working his way towards me. When he got quiet, I knew he was over there strutting. Right. You know, because yep. he was very very vocal, just hammering, 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 and then all of a sudden it went about a ten minute stretch where I thought, okay, he's either gone the other way because there was so much gobbling going on, or he's just sitting in that little cove strutting back and forth, not gobbling, and then all of a sudden, next thing I know, he gobbled, and I saw him pop up right there. So right. it worked That's in our favor. Point. 
Um, but I would imagine, you know, Michael can get a little bit more aggressive sometimes based off of, you know, those interactions with those turkeys. But my approach is just, yeah. I don't want to, I, I can do more to mess it up by continuing the call That's than right. I can yep. just sit there. So, yeah. So Michael, walk us through your, your guys' experience. You took out uh, Carlos, um, our head of marketing oh, and, yeah. and, and your buddy, Eric from the Hooray Ranch. So walk us through what happened this morning with you guys. We, we just, I mean, it was crazy. A lot of turkeys gobbling this morning and, um, we, we kind of went to some that we thought was pretty close, but they fell out the backside of the cypress and really kind of went the other way before we really got to set up to start working them. But we was in a good area, and, and yesterday we'd seen a lot of turkeys in there, you know, 9, 10 o'clock. And so we just sat tight, and it felt like we sat forever, but it wasn't 20, 30 minutes. There's a lot of gobbling. Now, and, and being that I had everything far away, I was hammered down pretty good. It was cutting and yelping and, you know, trying to, trying to show, throw a party you know, over there and, and turkeys were gobbling. And finally, turkeys were gobbling at the call. You could tell that the turkeys were gobbling at, at my call, but they were way off. I mean, literally a half a mile off. And, um, and finally, like literally, you could, you could tell some turkeys were getting closer. I even told Cohen, who was videoing, I said, man, them turkeys are getting a little closer. And, and but we was looking across this huge cattle pasture and, uh, and finally, literally, like, I yep, one gobbled and I get to looking with my binoculars and, and well, there's a turkey head, and here's three or four more, and then all of a sudden two of them just break and literally come all the way across the pasture right to Carlos's gun barrel, and he got his first turkey, and he, he, he hammered down big old turkey, and then Eric, who had shot one the day before, got his gun up and doubled up on that other, and so it, it was a good morning, man. And yes, then, and then right when we shot, boom, boom. Uh, then we sitting there like, man, we got one. And boom, we heard y'all shoot. And yeah. so it was, it was a we good heard moment. We heard y'all. Yeah. We, we heard y'all shoot. We was hoping and hollering. Yeah. I, I think we were about a half mile apart. So yeah. the, the turkeys were probably half mile to the south of us and then a little bit to the east from you. And then we were half mile away. So it was kind of cool. And, and I think you even said afterwards, you're like, I think I heard them hooping and hollering over there. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and then moments later, I shot. And so that was, that was so cool that it was like, bam, bam. And then a few, boom. We so. literally killed turkeys within three to four minutes yeah. of each other. That bird was actually in there strutting to your left before we went around that pile yep. when they shot. Right. You know, because he came out of strut when they shot. Yeah. And, and then, then he, he, he kind of moved around yep. that, that brush pile. So it was it was close. But I mean, I didn't know where you guys were. But that's the thing about this place here is um, it's it's kind of like the, the, the paradise of turkey hunting because we, <laughs> D, told us that there was one coming from our right which was to my back and it right. was from your right that we never even saw never saw was coming from y'all over there in that area we never even knew that bird was there so that's the that's the whole thing y'all almost got to always be on pins and needles but you never know exactly right. what's coming well it, it can only you know not not to jinx the, the tour but it can only get a little tougher from here i mean i've hunted down here for this this place is pretty much insanity i think it's i think it's not only the best osceola place but it could be one of the best places to hunt turkey, the species of turkey, period. But And to have it be Osceola's, which is kind of the prize jewel of the, and the hardest to get a true Osceola, you know, down in South Florida, the only state and area that has that species. And to have this quality of hunting, man, it's awesome. And so, you know, you, you're about to go chase Easterns and yep. do some other stuff. And man, they can be, they can be really temperamental, really brutal in everything that we might say. And any of the listeners or viewers can can realize that you you know you, you just go based on instinct, but your best calculated move can just you know go go a ride and not have any results. And then you know, but you can find an easy one too. So it's that's what makes turkeys fun is you can learn a lot about them, you can know a lot about the characteristics, 
but each turkey individually is different and what trips their trigger are based on where they're at in that pecking order is how you gotta approach it. And you gotta make that all on the fly. Right. Where here you can visually see turkeys uh, sometimes, uh, you know, you get in those deep, dark swamps of Georgia and Alabama, you, you can't see turkeys. You can only hear them when they gobble, so you can't read their body language. You know, when you're talking to somebody in a meeting, you can watch somebody and you can know if, if you're aggravating them potentially. Right. And, you know, and, and a good poker player, obviously you don't know what hold, hand he's holding, but most of the time, you know, if, if your wife comes in and she starts talking to you, you, you know where to tread. You know how and what to say and, and what and mood she's in. What mood That's she's right. in. And so that is an experienced turkey hunter is where you get really, really good at filling tags because when you visually can hear and you understand exactly the intensity of how they're responding and when you can see them, now you know their mood. So it's complete take advantage of that situation. So as Brad was talking about calling, that's when you know where to freaking set the hook and reel them in or you might need to back off or, or you know, let them worry gobble or get worried that they, they don't know. Or maybe they know that the party has left and they're curious and come kind of walk into where the, where the ashes are you know, simmering down and I just want to see what I missed out on because right. I know what I got whooped. There's so many little small elements, but it's, it's inevitably turkey hunting is the most underrated social experience to manipulating wildlife that there is out there and it's complex and it's very complicated. You can keep it simple but sometimes on an easy hunt or even a difficult hunt, you might find success or those ones you didn't get one. There was a complicated social structure going down that you never realized. And, yeah. uh, and so it's, it's when you become a turkey man, you, you, you can read it quick and you can become a chameleon to, to them. The tone, the different calls they want, the rasp, the aggression, the high pitch. And so you become a, a master chameleon of becoming whatever they want you to be. Right. So, so inevitably, you're a con artist when you're turkey hunting. You're conning them every time, <laughs> yeah, right. every time, either, either visually or, 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 or with the sound and, and sexual and, and dominance, or, or, or less dominant. All right, the, the next stop on, on the uh, Bushnell Turkey Grand Slam uh, pursuit is Mississippi. Um, we won't reveal who the coach is. Um, you have to stay tuned to see who that is. But... We talked a little earlier about Mississippi and the train and some of the things, and, and Brad, I know you've had some experience down there as well. So guys, talk to me kind of about what I should expect and, and um, you know, just what are some tips that I need to think about between now and, and Thursday when we go out? I mean, bring your A game in Mississippi. Mississippi, I say Alabama, Mississippi, and Georgia. I mean, even Louisiana, really all those southern states. You know, Tennessee has a lot of turkeys, so it, it can be tough, but it's, it's typically really good. But I would say, uh, you know, those southern turkeys, you can get in good spots and you might even hear a decent amount depending on where you go. I'm not sure exactly where you're going. But definitely, you, they don't, you don't get a lot of chances to make mistakes. Everything has to be um, typically dialed in pretty good. You, you, can, you can be pretty amateur and still find success. You, you know, you, what's the old saying, old lucky squirrel finds a nut. But... Um, I would say Mrs. I would say those who successful successfully kill turkeys in the South can kill turkeys anywhere. It's just it's just a different. It's hard to tell you one thing that defines that. It's just the the terrain, the uh, the the bird density, uh, the 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 situation. Um, sometimes it can be the hunting pressure. Um, it can be the the predation down there. But they just have a mystique about them, and they just seem to have a an element 
of, of understanding what's right and what's wrong. It's hard to explain it, but I, I, in my experience, which Turkey's been my number one passion, I would say um, the Southern Eastern can be the most difficult, but it's my favorite turkey to hunt. Okay. I love Mississippi, Alabama, and Georgia. Um, I, I love challenge. it. It's the biggest challenge. Right. Turkeys have nicknames down there. Like, oh, that's old Smoky Ghost down there at the fence post. <laughs> oh, that's the Red Gate Turkey. That's the Red Gate Turkey. I, you know, uh, uh, I, I heard, I heard, uh, I had a guy in Alabama. He was a, he was a, he was a big, big in nicknaming turkeys. And a turkey guy one morning said, "That's old Barack." <laughs> and I said, Brock, he said, yeah, he talks a lot, don't do much. <laughs> now, that politics or not, that's what he said. And I just laughed. And sure enough, we, we, that turkey did exactly that. He gobbled and gobbled and <laughs> gone. Oh, Brock left out of there. So, so we ended up, though, the rest of the, so the next couple of days, we ended up figuring out a way to kill that turkey. And it becomes a satisfaction. Is there a guarantee that that's the turkey that was nicknamed roosting in the same spot? Maybe not, maybe so, but there becomes this pursuit that's yep. really mystique that the places that have lots of turkeys there's no way you have a turkey that you can nickname right. but in georgia there'll be or, or mississippi there'll be a turkey or two that seem to gobble in these areas and you become this one-on-one -on -one. and when you screw it up or you educate him or you don't get him it's over yeah it's over it, yeah. it, it ain't like a pheasant hunt where you say well let's go hey dude let's go flush up some more <laughs> let's go to no the field. no go eat you're done you're, <laughs> yeah. that's it you yeah. blew your chance yeah and uh, we're unlike here, you, you can be aggressive, you can mess up some, and you go find a, find another two or three gobblers around the corner. So in y'all's pursuit of doing what you do, you're going to have every little discipline, and that's what makes the ch challenge of a, a slam yep. tough because if you can get to this stage in Mississippi and get you one, I would say you're well on your way to having it done. I would say the Rio and the Merriam, you're going to be cruising. I feel that way. But then again, you get out there, you can get Knock your butt kicked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. So what's your experience been in, in Mississippi? Well, the, the Eastern is going to be the toughest one, I think, you yep. know, to get. And, and I think we all would agree with that because they're, they're so finicky. Nothing's ever the same with those. You know, right. down here, you get up in the morning, you're going to hear birds gobble. Sometimes based off the morning or the pressure or the, the, the climate or whatnot, they may not gobble at all except on the limb when they hit the ground, you don't hear anything else. And that's the most frustrating thing because it's hard to hunt something you don't know right. where it's at. Uh, and you can't pinpoint, but uh, that's been the majority of, this, uh, of my experience is the Eastern. And, and to Michael's point, it is the hardest one uh, because of those reasons. But um, I mean, I killed my first Osceola down here on this trip the day before you did. Okay. So it's the first Great. time I've ever hunted in, in uh, Florida. But, uh, you know, hunting Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, those Eastern birds right there, they're just, they're on fire one day and they're not the next. So they continue to change. So I would tell you just to be real patient. Yep. Uh, you're, you're, you know, they've got a lot of birds there, but uh, the, the terrain's gonna be a lot different than this right here. They may be sitting there and gobbling, but yet maybe down in a holler or maybe up on a hill or over a hill or something like that, depending on where you're gonna be in Mississippi. And you may not just be able to hear them quite like you're accustomed right. to. Once you right. hear them, it gets you fired up and it gives you right. a lot of options to, to uh, continue moving forward with that hunt, so patience is. And me, and me, I would, I, you know, if you if you got a, you, know, you call it a coach. If you got a veteran coach, it, it, it's turkey hunting in the South is not what I call turkey hunting. It's more like a fisherman angling. It's more angle, angling. So it's aggression. So um, the old school turkey hunter, the thought of uh, you know a few soft yelps and you know three to four yelps, and then every 10, 20 minutes, let's call and set, and eventually you can make that turkey come to you uh, based on his desire to breed that hen and sitting in that one spot. 
it, it, these turkeys are temperamental, so getting in areas and getting these angles right, it's almost like you know these fish are on a structure, but you got to get that angle right and the right depth and the right color. That, that to me, is what sums up turkey hunting in the south. Uh, for, and, and so uh, that coach, it, you know, I'd hope he's, if he's really experienced and he can move through the woods and you got turkeys working, you're, you're probably going to get an opportunity, I, I feel like. Very cool, very cool. The, the one thing I, I wanted to mention um, when we were sitting there, we had a deer, a hen come through our set. The deer could definitely sense something was around. They could, she could smell something, but, but she couldn't see us. And so we were all in, in Realtree. Kind of talk to us about the importance of camouflage, especially in turkey hunting. Because I know you work for Realtree. It's, yeah. it's a big, um, it's, it's your passion, your career. And, and kind of explain that because th this morning that was it hunting with you I started thinking about it a little bit more and I'm like man that the deer's you know 20 yards away and she doesn't see me and I actually even moved because I had some gnats on my face and she kind of was like saw something move but I don't know so talk about some of the stuff that you guys are doing at Realtree and and how this pertains to turkey hunting well the concealment side of it of hunting is is everything to real tree when we, when we start talking about those those concepts movement is the number one thing that gets you picked off that's right but uh, the concealment side is something that we try very hard to make sure that we mimic whatever our environment is and down here uh, I think I had on timber you've had on uh, edge right. and uh, I, both of them worked great you got enough green down here that uh, uh, that fits well. I was on a pine tree and I just uh, the timber pattern just really blends in with the darker colors so but anything when it comes to the movement side of things that's what they're going to pick up first you know and and so I've seen people out there with with sunglasses you know hunting and uh and, and blue lens and whatnot and kill a bird yeah you know which is which is crazy but it, at the end of the day, they don't always know exactly what's uh, what's right. in their environment, but it's almost like they do know a deer when you're deer hunting and you come in there and you got to stand and you put it up in that tree right there. They walk in there and you're not moving at all and all of a sudden they just go boom, they pick you out. Well, it's because if I walked in your living room that you walk in every day and I sit there and took that recliner and moved it over here and moved that sofa right over here, you know, even though it's not obstructing your walk through, you're going to know something's different, yeah, something's, something's wrong. Different. So, yeah. You try to make sure that you blend in with their environment as best you possibly can. That's from the concealment camouflage side of things, but also just not dis disturbing what their normal morning flow is from a movement standpoint to where you don't get, det get detected. Because turkey hunting and bow hunting are, you know, uh, very similar in terms of you, you kind of want to get them as close as you possibly can. Right. Uh, and, and that the closer they get, the more susceptible you are to being picked off on right. something. So. Right. And what's, I know you've been with Realtree and around Realtree for forever you know how far has the technology of concealment come since you first started with Realtree and now and and what what are you seeing and is has it changed a lot or what I, I, I think it's gotten incredibly even better as far as the patterns and, and you know I guess with technology and graphic design and the realistic and the 3d part of it and what I found unique is is uh, is concealment is neat because um, there's only two things you do when you're hunting. You're either trying to be invisible or you're trying to be seen. And so turkey hunting, the way I hunt, which is a completely different aggressive style, I would say, you know, a, a high, half of the time I'm hunting, I'm wanting to be seen, not me, but my, my, my decoys. So I'm hunting very aggressive, very aggressive. Mm -hmm. And there's times that I move purposely. Some old-time turkey hunters are just getting pissed at me right now for saying this. But I sometimes move purposely to create movement that can entice a, 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 a visual. 
and then I can then I can manipulate him with a visual that he wants to see. So there's there's all kind of little technique out there. However, then it gets to the point where you're invisible. Or as I'm being seen, you need to be completely invisible. Mm -hmm. And so you're sitting there motionless, but I'm doing the manipulating. So what I think is unique about elk, turkey, duck, there's always that time to become invisible and there's a time that things need to be seen. Because in the end, we try to give these animals this, this human-like IQ and we, it's like they're Elon Musk, but they're not, they're not that, their IQ ain't that high, they just got a good instinct and they're very familiar with their surroundings. They don't come in a house at night, they stay out here, they live out here, they got different things at them, so they, after them, you know, from down here in Florida, Black Panthers to, I mean, Panthers to, you know, out west to mountain lion to bear to whatever it might be, and so they're very worried, but at the end of it, they're, 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 you know, if I can say this on this series, they're either horny or hungry. And, and either one of them will get them in trouble. And they will throw caution to the wind on both when it gets extreme. And so when you can manipulate that and you understand that and you can use your camouflage to stay hidden when you need to or you know how to use your, your visuals to, to, be, to entice, you, you can become deadly. And right. it, it, it almost feels like a Navy SEAL operation. It's, it's just a lot of fun. So... One last parting suggestion, recommendation, piece of coaching tip for me and those that are watching, uh, if they're pursuing their Grand Slam or if they're hunting turkey in their backyard, what's, what's that one piece of, of information or suggestion that you'd have for any turkey hunter, beginner or expert? I, th I think become confident. Even if you're, if you're beginning, figure out the things and master certain elements of the hunt, whether it's a box call or a pot call or master, you know, through these digital apps, the lay of the land, master something and don't go in at haphazard and don't go into it insecure because anything in life, if you try to do it insecure, whether it's a job interview or trying to, you know, hit on that pretty little girl that might become your wife. If you do it with insecurity, it's just going to come across as insecure and you're going to seem shy. If you pick up a call and you're like, man, I'm scared. I don't know. I'm a rookie. It just, even if you ain't that good, just freaking get after it and, and, and make your moves with confidence and gain confidence in what you know you can define and learn about. And that is when you become successful. You can't ginger foot into something. You've got to learn to have aggression and you got to learn when you didn't get aggressive enough to learn and when you, when you was too aggressive of where you, where you made mistakes. But I would say find confidence in what you are good at and that's in an ability that you have as, as a person, in this case a hunter, and, 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 and be on that. And re realize this too, I learned this a long time ago when I got in the industry, you got rule of thumbs, you got personalities, you got books that tell you how to do things. Everything gets reinvented so much every year. So I take pride in trying to develop new techniques to manipulate. And so sometimes with that, people get into the ethics like, well, that ain't turkey hunting. This is the way I do it. Well, I don't care how somebody does it. I'm just honestly trying. I'm greedy. I'm a game hog, and I like to kill something when I leave. So I'm not doing it trying to be, hey, let me tell you what I learned. It's because I want to kill a turkey. I'm like, you know, my wife lets me hunt a lot because that's what's my living, but I'm just like anybody else, man. Hey, dance recital, I got a t-ball game coming up. If you can, be home at 9.30. So if I got from daylight to 9.30, I'm gonna do whatever it takes to kill a turkey within the state you know, regulations. So, so with that, when you're learning, 
you and anybody who's learning something new, if you take a different approach, you're going to learn something that possibly you can pass on to a veteran because no offense to the veterans, but if you was turkey hunting 50 years ago, the turkeys were first populated and there was no pressure, there was less predation, their turkeys were easier to kill. But you wander off into freaking Georgia right now, everybody turkey hunts. Every turkey is judging the great American redneck yelp off. You, you got to know your game and you better have some new technique. So I would say confidence and, and learn how to reinvent the wheel and, and, and try to take away and like, what did I do wrong? What do you think I could have done different? And not just trusting on somebody else, what they say, trust on what you see in the woods and what you feel. And, and there's a lot of smart people out there. And if once you kind of get that wood wise part of it going, you'll realize that you're trying to trick something that can see what 10 times better than you that's got the brain the size of your thumb nearly, and, and is really just wanting to breed every hen to eat a bunch of grasshoppers. You're, you're right. Because Dumb it down and trick him. Every time, we go smart. Out, every time we go out to the woods, we're teaching those gobblers about what's going on. So those gobblers are reinventing themselves and learning from generation to generation. Actually, so, in one way, but no, I don't think they learn as much as we think. Oh, okay. We thinking, I think every hunter is thinking that, man, these turkeys got a lot of pressure. They, 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 they don't know the difference in a coyote or a person. Okay. They, they, either point. one of them hurt them and kill them. So, so I, I think we give them too much credit. And mm. so I, I'm not disrespectful, but it's, it's not Elon Musk. Elon Musk would be up in the spaceship looking at us like, look at this idiot. You know, these turkeys are down here trying to eat a grasshopper and breed every hen. Uh, and That's so a good point. Don't, don't give them too much credit and don't overthink it. It's just a turkey. Right. He's horny. He's hungry. End of story. Trick him. Kill him. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Recipe for success. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? You you hunted with me this morning, and and thank you again for for everything. That was that was a great experience. Oh, I enjoyed. It. One one last parting thought on on suggestions for myself as well as the the viewers out there. What what would you give us as a parting thought or? Well, I agree with a lot with what Michael said. I'd get you some bone collector calls. <laughs> we love you too, Will Primos. I would we get love you some bone collector calls. No, in, in all seriousness, um, the experience aspect of things, I would say go. You know, for anybody out there that's on the fence, go because right. you, you never know. And don't get frustrated because you learn off of experience. I mean, I remember when we first, when we were going dove hunting, you know, with your dad when you were little, you know, he wouldn't give you a shotgun, he'd give you a BB gun. But that's you right. to get that shotgun at one point in time. And when you finally got it, you would go out there and, you know, you'd shoot four or five boxes of shells and kill eight birds. You know, you thought you were doing something and everybody right. was sitting there going, my gosh, you're an expensive, you're an expensive <laughs> guest. You know, yeah. that was your dad that was That's right. telling you that. But as time goes on, the more you do something, the better you get at it. That's and, right. Yep. And I think that you'll learn from those experiences based off of what fits your, you know, skill set best and, and, and what you feel like. You know, when you get up in the morning and, and you go turkey hunting, you know that you want to go locate that bird and that's why we go and roost it. But the main thing is, is you got to know where he's at and where he wants to go. And you want to get yourself somewhere in the middle of there. That's and, a good point. and things will always change and you got to be able to move on the fly as best you can. But every hunt's different, every bird's different, every caller's different, every hunter's got a different tactic to what they do. But find what yours is and, uh, and get comfortable with it and go out there and just continue to go. Because the more you go, the better chance you got to kill something. Yeah, and like Brad said, when you find what you like about turkey hunting, like me, I don't like hunting in blinds. It's an unbelievably successful way to kill a turkey, especially where, you know, a population might not be crazy, but you know you've learned their habits. But for me, it, it, I'm just not big. I like to be in the open air. I like to I like to move from that tree to that tree. I like to run and gun. I like to get up and maybe cut and yell, and walk another two, 20 yards to get a little closer. 
And, and so, th but that's me. That, that's not a knock against blind hunting, but that's what I like. Where I got some people, how I'm talking about holding a decoy and some people call it reaping a turkey. I call it, you know, give them a puppet show. Some people are like, I, I won't kill a turkey that way because I don't like that style of hunt. Then don't do it. So when you find those things you want, now when you, when you tone in to saying this is how I got to kill one, you're going to eliminate a lot of opportunity mm, for I success. Agree. Yep, that's a good point. But, but you, you will. And people think, well, now I'm going to kill them this way. I don't kill them. Well, you, there's a lot you ain't going to kill. There's some you will. I don't really have a, a, a morality in how I kill it. I just have to go by the legal handbook. So for right. me, I'll yelp them in, I'll crawl around a hedgerow. You know, if I need to get in the ditch and ghillie suit and crawl through the sage and pop up and <laughs> you know, give it to them, I just love the chase. And, and yeah, in the perfect situation, yeah, I like to set up turkey roosting. He's gobbling and give him a few tree yips. He gobbles good, flies down and get a little more aggressive and hear him coming closer and then here he comes, no decoys, and I'm sitting here, and he's he's looking for me, and I'm really having to trust a real tree, and he's looking, and he can't understand why I don't see no hen, and he's looking for movement, and was well, that a bobcat over there? What is that? And you know, he ain't sitting there thinking, is that somebody? He's just thinking, is there danger? Is oh my God, is that Fred? He whooped me last night, and and then he slowly gets in there, and you kill him. The mystique of that is still the ultimate vibe for turkey hunting. Yep. However, that don't work all the time. So if he comes in that way, and he don't, and he ain't wanting to do right, and he's, you know, he. He, he tucks in wings and starts to walk off. I ain't afraid to show him, a, show him, a, you know, Freddie Jr. that he knows he can whoop me. Like, Get, wait a minute, and he from running right in there, you know, little beak meat. I like that. Yeah. So, so no, I, find your way, find what you like, and and then and let it grow and 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 enjoy and have fun. That's what I tell people the most. Enjoy hunting, have fun, and kind of kind of don't you, you don't have to swag. You don't have to have any swagger about it. Don't have any macho man. Just enjoy it and have fun, because at the end of it, this is what it's fun exactly. about, man. We're about, exactly. we about to throw down on some major league ribeyes <laughs> tonight and some ribs, some good food. We're going to tell some stories, some of which will be true, some. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and it's just going to be a good time. And and, right. and and so that's, to me, what hunting's about. And, you know, and they're going to win that's and, right. a lot, and then you're going to win some, too. And, yeah. You know, but at the end of the day, they're still... If they were that smart, they would have built the house and be in here eating steak and grilling too. But they're on a limb yep. and still ain't figured out how to put no insect repellent on their neck and the mosquitoes wearing them out too. So um, I, sometimes I, I'm not disrespectful. I'm just thinking my mentality, I'm thinking, I got to be able to trick this joker because inevitably I feel like the good Lord made me smarter. He gave him instincts to survive, but that's I've right. got to be at the top of my, I got to figure out how to kill this turkey. Right. And so that's kind of how I dumb it down in my own mind just for my mental attack, you know. Yep. Well, guys, um, it's been awesome coming down here. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I didn't expect to, to get my turkey in the first 30 minutes or 20 minutes of the hunt, which which I'm very fortunate. And, and Don't and air this before your wife sees it because she's going to be expecting you playing your plane ticket. Yeah, get, 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 get off your ribeyes and come on, home, boy. You can get back, clean that house, take trash to the road. That's right. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. Uh, now sorry. she's taking After notes the, when she's watching yeah, this. Thank we can you. edit that part, yeah, guys. Yeah, cut that part. Yeah. Um, but no, it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Um, Pat has been our host. Dee, Dee took us out this morning. Um, it's, it, they're great people. I mean, it's, this is just a beautiful ranch that they have here. It's a cow-calf ranch. They yeah. allowed us to come down and hunt. I know you've become really, really good friends with the family. Yeah. And you yes. know all the kids and the, and, and that, that's what makes this special. Oh yeah. And, and that's what I, it, it, 
energizes me about being a turkey hunter is, is going out yeah. and getting these experiences. Whether you're hunting on private land or public land, you yeah. get those experiences. And I've done both. Matter of fact, I've done more hunting on uh, public land than private land. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's different experiences. And like you said, you learn from those experiences. So, yeah. so Michael, thank you so much for, for helping us coordinate this and, and coming down here. This has just been awesome. Yeah. I know we have another day left and we're gonna enjoy it and, and have a lot of fellowship and eat some great food. And Brad, thank you so much for this morning. And I just hearing you call and, and it's funny, you were calling and then I'm like, wait a little bit and then I'd mimic your call because I'm trying to get better. I've, you know, I've been hunting since I've been high school, but I've not been very successful. And over the last four or five years, my buddy Steve down in El Dorado, which the first year you were at the governor's hunt yes. and I was with Steve. That was the first time I met Steve. He and I become tight as, as, as close as Steve's and, and we've just developed an awesome relationship. And so I've learned a ton from Steve over the last few years and been very successful. We have a favorite little spot that we go to every year and, and we go hunt all these other spots, but if we still need to get, get a turkey, we go there oh, because we hole. know where we can get yeah, one. So yeah. it, it is a honey hole. So, but this is this has been an awesome, great experience. Your buddy Eric, you know, he's what a hoot! Oh yeah. goodness gracious, he's he's, he's, he's so best, fun. Man. Yeah, he's so and, fun. and so the food has been terrific. The it's, the camaraderie has been fantastic, and and the camera guys, it's just been awesome. I've had I a agree. lot of fun and. And the, the next three weeks is, is just going to be an incredible journey for me. Whether I'm successful or not, it's going to be in a learning experience and, and I'm looking forward to it. And I hope that's entertaining and educating for the viewers out there. So well, guys, no thank you so much for, you. for joining us I down here. I just wanted here. to add one thing, Jared. Yes, please do. I want to thank you. Carlos sent word through me. He's over there listening to Leonard Skinner and getting ready to eat uh, one of them ribeyes. And he just wanted to say he apologizes for shooting a bigger turkey. But being that he's an integral part of the Bushnell marketing <laughs> team, that he thought his first turkey needed to be an iconic one. Well, and, he, and he, he's very he was, appreciative and right. he's very excited. And, and so, as behalf of Team Carlos, I just wanted to say we weren't trying to Tommy Toppy anybody. <laughs> we was just trying to have a good time and have a good, honest turkey hunt. So that, that was intended because he helped me coordinate this yeah, thing. He, and so he, we I made mean, sure that you got the two biggest ones. Now he's we kind of shoot them over there to you guys. Carlos over there, he's on ProTurkeyHunter.com. He's on the front page right now. <laughs> but he's over there right now getting that ribeye ready to eat. So Very good. Carlos! Anything, any parting result, uh, parting thoughts, comments before we, we cut this? No, the only thing I would say is I think that the hunt was special. There's no doubt yeah, about absolutely. that. And, and anytime you harvest a bird and, and, and even a deer or anything in the outdoors is great, but the relationships will last much, much longer. So that's right. enjoy your time in camp with people. Don't make it always about just the hunt. That's right. Uh, get to know people, uh, you know, being around you guys this week and Pat and his family. I mean, it it's truly feels like I've known them for forever. That's right, and, I agree. And I think that's really, really important for everybody to remember because that's part of the enjoyment. Yep. You know, and you want to do things and you want to experience the outdoors with your friends and family. I say that what Brad echoed that. The biggest thing I've seen, and I know people got this, a big, lonely, dusty trophy room with a lot of big animals and long beards with nobody to share it with means nothing to a man and it don't show much about the man. You can have nothing on the wall and friendships you made hunting and you got the ultimate trophy room. And so, yeah, you, you can't do nothing with them dusty, dusty racks. It don't matter if they're Boone and Crockett. And, That's right. But man, I, you know, if you got a few of them and you got stories, you got friendships and you're talking about your families and sharing, you know, little league 
games that, that your kids go through and just experiences in life and you know something gets bad and folks are praying for you when when tough is tough or that's right that that is it and for me you know I, all the stuff going on in society now in the, in the division hunting camp is the ultimate ultimate peacemaker because it doesn't matter politics it doesn't matter read uh you know uh creed or race or anything all that matters is we're all around the same campfire and you laugh and you cut up Having rich poor time. skinny right. uh you don't i matter. was bigger yeah <laughs> yeah carlos <laughs> <laughs> so I, that's you. it like look look at carlos you know carlos and we didn't become besties man i mean yeah. he's, you know he's got the world record osceola right now pending. <laughs> and uh so you know, when you kill a giant turkey you become yep. friends it was a tyrannosaurus rex from what i saw it was and then eric <laughs> Eric was right there with him, so I don't know. <laughs> Eric wanted Car a piece Carlo, of that Carlos had a lot of pressure. He's representing oh, Bushnell. He's got me right there, which which I saw. down his neck. So sometimes yeah. I shoot, get to be shoot. like this football coach. My wife calls me as a turkey Nazi because I'm like, don't you screw this up? And, Car and then he's got Eric right there, you know, and, and so. He whacks that turkey, and then Eric shoots off his shot. So hopefully, we should, yeah, the viewers get. I, I can't wait to see that video. It's a I fun. Really it was a wait. fun hunt i mean it was it was energetic and fun so it was just and then and yeah. then right in the middle of us celebrating boom you shoot so it's just i don't know man i like yeah, turkey it was, hunting. it was fortuitous yeah. absolutely so guys thank you so much for for being out here and and everything you do you know wadi we've we've got to know each other the last three years it's been awesome and same i've learned way, a lot man. so thank you thank you same way you know you and i spent uh deer camp together the yeah. last couple years ago so it's it's been fantastic so Viewers, stay tuned for next week to see exactly what we're going to do in Mississippi. And, and God willing, I will take a, a nice Eastern and we'll be on to step three. So stay tuned.